the music up. So I just saw the most precious thing. If we can get little Kevin to come up on the stage for me, please. Come on, Papito. Look at him. Look at him. Come here. Isn't this, isn't this precious? Dude, I want to put you in my pocket and then take you home and eat you. What do you say to that? Okay, good. He's smart. Praise God for you. Hey, Amen. if you guys don't know, it's Jesus' little brother. I go, oh, better take care of him. He's going to grow up in the church, amen? You can grow up in the church? Oh, look at him. He's nervous. Nervous. Okay, but give it up for Kevin, y'all. Come on. That is so, it's like a little mini me. I love that. Oh, everybody go, oh. Praise God. If I would have got like Kevin up here, like, ugh. <laughs> Praise God. You guys ready to rock and roll? Y'all ready to rock and roll? Y'all ready to worship? Come on, clap your hands, clap your hands for me. Come on, Chris, clap your hands, come on. Yeah. 
Switch it up. Can someone try to come up here and switch it up one more time? Someone, this you right here, right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Look at you, ready? And switch it up. There it is. There it is. I give it up for him. Come on, y'all. Jesus. That's lovely. That's lovely. Say Jesus. Come on, say Jesus to me. Say Jesus. Come on, we say his name again. Say Jesus. Come on, just say his name. Look to them. Say Jesus. Come on, like you need him. Jesus. Come on, like you're Pentecostal. Say like Jesus. Oh. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Come on, clap your hands. And Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. And you make your Come on and jump in this place. Come on, Jesus. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Come on, and you make. I'll be ready to do you go in this place. Oh, next do you go. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. 
switch it up on you guys. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Get ready. Get ready. Listen. And you make your people do the salsa. Salsa in this place. Come on, Jesus, you make. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Oh, and you make. Oh, get ready to run this place. Run. Run, run, we run for you. Yes, we run. Oh, we run. Jesus, you make. In this place, come on, clap. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Come on, want you guys to shout it out at me. Come on. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. We want everybody to do this next one. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. Look for people in the back that don't want to dance. Jesus, come on, you come and dancing. Come on and grab them if they're in their seat. Come on. Jesus, you make everything beautiful. <laughs> now come up. <laughs> Jesus, you make everything beautiful. And you make your Switch partners. Dusty down. Dusty down. Yeah, we dusty down. Give it up for Jesus Christ. This ain't your grandmama's church. No, it's not. If grandma can dosey do like you, she would be too. Oh! Come on. Excited for Jesus in this place. Come on, right now with me, guys. Everybody in this place, just all as a body, as a group. Check this out. Let's lift our hands up. What we're doing right now is a Holy Ghost stick up. Come on, stick them up. Stick them up to the Lord. Holy Ghost stick up. That's it. Give me all your money. And that's what God says when He does it. Put your hands up in the air. Give me your life. Give me everything that you have. It's so mine because I gave it to you anyways. We worship you, Lord. You make you worth it all. You make you worth it all. So why we worship you. Oh, tell them today. We worship you. We worship you, God. I'm not going to try to be this religious person. I'm not going to try to be this 
this saints, I'm not going to try to be something that I'm not. But God, I know that you called me out of my life of sin. I know that you called me into a relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. I know that you put your Holy Spirit inside of me. So I'm free to worship you right now. I'm free to worship you. Oh. Come on, sing this song with me. And you are good, and your love endures forever. And you are good, and your love endures forever. And you are good, and your love endures forever. Yes, you are good. You are good, and your love endures forever. every voice in this voice, just that simple chorus. And you are good. Your love endures forever. Sing it out. And your love endures forever. And you are good. Come on, sing, you are good. And you are good. And your love endures forever. And you are good. And your love endures forever. And your love endures forever. Sing, you are good. Come on, let's sing it out this way. you guys to get to that place where you see God as that good God. So many times when things happen in life, we 
we kind of figure or we kind of blame God. Like, God, where you at when that happened, huh? You're good, all right? Where you at? How could you allow this to happen to me? How come this happens in my life? How come we're always struggling as a family to make it? Why? It's not that God hasn't changed. It's that sometimes situations in life may may bring us to a place where we don't like it. Things may happen to us and it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault at all. Want an attitude of worship? Please close your eyes in this place. I'm just going to pause the plane. Let this not be a time that passes you by. But listen very closely to what I'm saying right now. The Holy Spirit is in this place. He's moving. He's ministering. Some of you guys never felt God's goodness. And God says he's going to baptize you with it right now. You're going to feel the love of God. This is what you listen, listen to me so clear. It's not a joke or I'm playing around. Some of you guys never went to that place in worship where you got out of your own comfort zone. I know why we say this. But tell, let me tell you what. There's something special right now when you, when you worship and there's a surrendering unto God. There's a surrendering unto God when you just wave your hands and it comes from the heart and you say, God, it's not, it's not this, guys. It's not this. It's not because I'm watching you guys. It's not. 
You are good. It's you are good. And your love endures forever. There's something in that right now you guys will receive it. And it's not me just because I'm telling you, as soon as you do it, you're going to feel the Holy Ghost all over your life. I triple dog dare you guys to do that today. Right now in this place, you will feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Father God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit, what you're about to do in this place. Father, it's not a mystery. Your goodness all over. Father, you want us to experience. You're not so far away. We sing songs because it comes from the heart. Right now, if you want to experience, Lord, you want that, just lift your hands up in the air. Before we start singing, let that surrender go by, guys. Let it surrender happen now. Let it happen now. Let it happen now. Come on. Oh, oh, oh. We worship you. I worship you. Come on, the Holy Spirit's in this place. Come on, let us speak to you. Let him minister to you right now. Let him touch your life. Come on. I triple dog dare you right now to go there and worship right now. To receive it right now. To receive it right now. Oh, I'm going there, Lord. I receive it today. Oh, I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to worship. I'm going to Yeah. 
you are good. One last time, everybody in this place, sing it out. You are good. You are good, and your love endures forever. And you are good, and your love endures forever. receive it in this place, let it pour out, let it flow throughout this service and all that we're doing in this place, Jesus. God, we know that you're alive and that you're in this service. Jesus, we know that your power, your Holy Spirit is moving. We just say, have your way. In Jesus' name, remember everybody said. Praise God, praise God. If we can break out into our small groups, our life groups, guys, let me have my warriors over here. Let me have my JC soldiers over here right quickly, right quickly. 
Let's take the next three minutes. Catch you updated. Come on. What's up, what's up, okay. So three minutes, three minutes now. Three minutes and we're breaking back in. Praise God. Thirty more seconds, thirty more seconds, thirty more seconds, break back in. So guys, um, 
10 seconds, 10 seconds. Let's come into prayer. Let's close it quickly. Let me have, uh, why don't you close out in prayer? Close out in prayer. I'll pray, I'll pray. Somebody should have told you. I'm a JC soldier. All right. Somebody should have told you. Victory champ. Victory scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was ho hopefully my warriors would have picked up on it. Somebody should have told you. I'm a JC That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. Can someone please run me up my phone quickly? It's in the back charging. Guys, welcome to Elevate. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming. What, what? That's right. So guys, here's what we're going to do. We want to squeeze in. So Buttercup, come on, sit in the second row right here. My man Lewis, come on in. What you guys are you seeing? If, if you guys can't squeeze it in or fit it in, he's not Buttercup. <laughs> you are not Buttercup. We, we're giving people like cool, cool names in the one-on-one. Buttercup, can you please stand for me, please? Buttercup, please stand. Give it up for Buttercup, y'all. Yeah. If you want to find out how we got the name, ask Danelli. She was a mastermind behind it. Buttercup, it was legit. It happened. Okay, so guys, thank you for coming on out. We're starting a new series. Every time you're coming out here, we try to have a series to try to tell you something because we want to be focused on what we say. Ever meet somebody, like a good friend, that, you know, they're kind of crazy, and you think they, they take pills, like, for the craziness, but check this out. I used to have friends like that. They, they couldn't keep their minds and just focused. Like you're trying to talk to them and they're just talking about something that's like, can you please pay attention? Like what is wrong with you? Like I'm talking about one thing. Like, duh, duh, duh. It's like, what are you, what's wrong with you? Take your pills today, son, what's wrong? I'm not talking about anyone, of me, he's talking bogus. I'm not talking about you guys. But this is what we want to do here in the youth group because if, if we just start swinging blindly, like a piñata, the funnest times in Mexican parties is the piñata. I've, I've been to parties where it was done right. I've been to parties where it was done wrong. We broke a piñata one time, it was filled with peanuts. Ain't no one trying to eat peanuts. And we break it, it's like peanuts one night. What's this? I'm trying to jump on peanuts, are you serious? Like, where's the real candy? That's how they do it, seriously, like in Mexico. Because we're like, ah, give me them peanuts. <laughs> they own it. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm going to get you guys a pino, piñata. Praise God. Uh-uh, don't do me bogus. That's ghetto. Everybody say ghetto. Ghetto. We're going to do it right. We're going to put real candy, gift cards, everything in there. Telephones. Psych. Psych. We, we don't live in no Beverly Hills. Get this right. So check this out. So, so how did I start talking about piñatas? Oh, Okay. Where, where they done it right and when they done it wrong. I actually seen a party one time where someone was swinging and they let go of the stick and they hit the person that was holding it, clock, and the thing falls out and everybody runs and rips it open. They're done right, man. So, so praise God, I don't even, why did I even go there? Someone helped me with my train of thought. Why did I even bring up Mexican and parties and piñatas? Crazy friends. How, how does, they can't focus?
I seriously don't know where I was going with that. Like the Lord just took that out. <laughs> awkward turtle. Everybody do the awkward turtle. I'm just telling on myself. You guys, you guys finally know what, what kind of childhood I went up to. Pinatas filled with peanuts. I was, I was depressed. Okay, so let's, I was talking about focus. Now I can't even focus. Praise God. So let's focus back. So we, we okay, ah, now I know why. See, thank you. You don't just want to be swinging aimlessly. Like in piñata, like you know how you be blindfolded? You swing aimlessly, and sometimes you have to like, oh, back up. They're coming this way, you know? That's not what we're doing here in the church. When we have these sermons series, we have a particular thing in mind that we, at the end, we want to just encourage you guys and really what we're, we're stressing, if you will, and, and encourage you to do. Because there's like this spiritual growth in the church, and it's like a curve. This is not my favorite part of math class when we have to do graphs. It's just, it, you thought it was just connect the dots, but then we start adding an X and a Y and a times, and then they put like another A and B, and I'm like, what does that mean? And it starts to curve, and it's just like, why does it do that type of thing? So here's the thing. Spiritual growth can sometimes look like that. It's going, and it takes a dip. And sometimes our life, when we're coming here in the church, it's just like we come into church right here, right? We put X, Y. X, Y. Anybody in school right now studying that? X, Y coordinates? Okay, help me out. So you start at 0, 0, X, Y, and the point in growth is to go up, right? You're not supposed to go down, negative, right? No, 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 we don't want that, the fourth quadrant or something like that. So you want to go up and grow, and sometimes you can look at that line. If you were to gauge yourself, I'm not saying point at your neighbor and be like, this is your graph. It goes here, and it goes way down there. You over here, play it. No, no. We're looking at ourselves. We're not going to point the figures and judge, but say, hey, I started here. And I remember when I started coming to youth, it was a little bit exciting. I was a little bit involved. I was doing some things. Maybe I was a part of the skits. Maybe I was outside playing basketball. Maybe I was talking to some people. And you start here. And what ends up happening, if, if you watch in your own life, we're not trying to talk to other people that left or whatever. We're talking about in your own life, you can see you just go this, 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 this. And then you take, you stop. Because it has to stop first before it starts moving down. It stops. And when it stops, it starts taking a dip down. And then, and, then, and then you probably catch yourself, and you, and you get it back up, and you get it going again, and then, and then it goes down. And if you follow the whole line through, you're following, you're looking at it, man, you had some great times, and it, sometimes you just had this really just bad time. You're just like, oh, my gosh, like a crisis in your life. Like, how did that happen? And when you take a step back, you're looking, and you're finding out that you're exactly the same place, just a little bit further down the line. You're starting back at zero, zero. How does that happen? Somewhere in between that, the equation, you guys started dividing by zero. You started getting back. and you See, here's the thing, guys. If you want to grow with God, there's, there's a formula. Connect, mentor, sin. We have it. And now it's being dedicated. Being dedicated. Dedication. I'm going to speak to you guys just a little bit on that dedication. People who want to get somewhere in life, they're dedicated. That's it. They're determined. I don't know about you, but I've seen some determined people in my life. In and around the, the friends, the circle of friends that I have, I've met certain people that had their mind fixed on one thing, and they were going to do it no matter what happened. These goals that they set for themselves, and, and sometimes impossible, like, dude, that is hard. But they are doing it, determined, dedicated. Let me tell you what. Here in this church, we're determined and dedicated, and that's something big. And listen to me, listen to me. If I wasn't dedicated to you as a leader, if I wasn't dedicated to you as your pastor, 
I wouldn't even be here. I would not be here. And, s- and some of you guys think that maybe the life of the pastor is super easy, that, you know, the life of the pastor, they don't have any struggles, or they don't have anything, like, they're perfect. Let me tell you what. Because I'm the youth pastor, guess who the devil's trying to take out first? Got this giant target on my head. You think Osama, uh, Osama bin Laden had one. Devil, see, the Bible says this, you strike the shepherd and the, and the, the herd scatters. So, so here's this, guys. I can make this dedication and promise to you guys that I will be dedicated to you guys as your youth pastor, as your leader, to see you guys through, to see you in the good times and then also see you in the bad times. Because when you start going through the bad times, all your friends start to dip out and be like, uh-oh, peace. And you find yourself back at zero, and guess what? I'm going to be there at zero. All right, let's get this thing back up there. Amen? And I can assure you this one thing. This youth staff and this team will be there from the beginning, and we'll go through it. We'll go through it. I was sharing this with the 101. Today's message, we're talking about Mission 316. Everybody go, ooh. Look to your neighbor and go, ooh. Look to your neighbor and go, ah. So here's what we do. This side goes, ooh. This side goes, ah. Got it? Praise God. This is fun to do. Look at this. Look at this. Elevate presents Mission 316. I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but there's been some recent big major like news today in, in society. Anybody know what it is? Osama bin Laden. We got the guy. I remember I was in, a, I was in Bible college. This is my professor. You got, bless us. He talks like this. His name is Dr. O. I'm dead. I am dead serious. Ellie, does he not talk like that? How does he talk like Come on, do it. Just try it. Try See? Dark. <laughs> just like that. And here's the thing. We ask them, like, when we sign into class, sometimes we joke around. We just have fun. Like, we, when we sign into the login, people see our name. We put our, we're supposed to put our names. Sometimes we log in. Someone put, like, from a different court. They put Osama bin Laden. And he looks, Osama bin Laden's in my class. That can't be because you're dead. And you're in hell. I was like, dang, treated, you know? But that's what it's just like. And if you guys know anything about the mission or the operation, they had the baddest boys go in there. The Navy SEALs, the top, one of the top most prestigious military special forces that we have, not just your normal bad boys, these guys, just four or six of these guys can go into a country, do this crazy mission operation, and just basically win a war for us without even having to send the whole army. That's how bad these boys are. So we send the top Navy SEALs. There's a team, the party called the A6. The guys who've been there the longest, the guys who've been, other, been to other missions, the top guys, you got to believe it, before they went over there, because the, 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 the report said that Obama had intel. They didn't know they had really good ideas and intel saying, he's in that place. And so they were doing all, Obama said, made the decision, like, go in there. Let's go in there. 
And so this SEAL team, they're prepping for that mission. And they're telling us, priority number one, Osama bin Laden. America's most wanted for the last 15 years. Mastermind to the 9-11 attacks. Mastermind to Al-Qaeda, the leader of Al-Qaeda. He started it, all these terrorist group organizations. They said, we have a shot at taking them. We're going in. So they go in in these, in these, these high-tech helicopters that basically they were flying at, at a low altitude in a helicopter. These Navy SEALs, there were six of them. They're flying in. And, and they were undetected. Just technology nowadays, you can fly in. Like they're basically, if Navy SEALs want to, they can fly right here without us even hearing it. Land over here, come in, and storm the place. Just like that. That's how serious it is. They are the top, the best of the best. They're like kick-butt type of soldiers. And so these guys, they kind of look like this. You know, things like, you know, we play the games, they're only wearing like one vest. No, they look like this because they're trained to carry like 100 pounds of just on them, and they're they move. Everything they do is in excellence. So we send our top boys. We get in there. They said they took out the, they said it was a 40-minute operation. Check this out. A 40-minute operation and the gunfight, the actual fight, only took a few minutes. The rest of the time they were collecting intel and data. So it wasn't even a fight. They go in there, pop, pop, headshot. They didn't show Osama's uh, photos, but they said they shot him in the forehead. So imagine that you're, you're, you're going, and, and, and he's probably ducking and moving. It's like, you can't hit me. You can't. Clap. The best of the best. Mission 316, the whole purpose behind this is to raise up disciples. And in the church, the Navy SEALs of the church, I'm talking about the bad mamma jammas. Come on. Are the disciples. That's it. They're, they're disciples. There is no, there's no plan B. Although I'm a big fan of the Marines. I have my cousins in the Marines. Hoorah. Hoorah. That's it. So how about this? The Navy says we send our top and they get the job done. Mission 316, the whole purpose of this, we said it already, to raise disciples. And you're going to hear this every time you come into this church. It's like disciple this, disciple this, disciple this, disciple that. Like what is going on? We want to make disciples. <laughs> That's what's going on. And we're going to, we have different series and sermons. Today's is, is basic training. Basic training. And, and, and I sometimes think that what I'm about to say may not be so basic after all. Sometimes in the church, reason why we still have spiritual babies in the church is because what we have is just people who haven't gone through the basic training. Amen? So I'm going to have my skit team get ready. We have a little presentation for you guys to try to convey, get you guys uh, familiar with what we have and what we got going on. And give it up for the skit team as they come on up.
Come on, give it up for this kid team, y'all. <laughs> uh, that was our best attempt at a drill soldier for Jesus. A drill sergeant, rather. Praise drill soldier. Boy. Dude, that was awesome. I love that. that was, praise God for that. Praise God for your voice. Amen. So Elevate presents Mission 316. Guys, if you have your Bibles, please bring them out. If you have your notes, please get ready. I'm going to go through these fairly quickly. We got some great things happening right now. So let me give it to you like this. Basic training, Mission 316. It's going to happen really fast, guys. So take notes. I don't want you guys to be like, oh, what's up? Basketball? That's what happens sometimes. I think that when I say something, you guys are just like, just so lost. Like, Praise God. Let me move this up a little quick. Elevate! So here we are, basic training. And I'm going to give you these simple, easy steps. And if you guys can keep to these things, I'm going to tell you what, it's going to make your walk with God a lot easier. Look to your neighbor and say, it's going to make your walk a lot easier. Okay, so this is it. Just poke your neighbor and see if they're awake. Go ahead and poke them. Don't hurt them. Praise God. Number one, the basic the basic training for a disciple or Christian is, number one, study the Bible. Wow, what? Study your Bible. My gosh. I'm learning. Some. Look at this. Come on, guys. Study your Bible. It's not that hard. Let's, let's look. Studying the Bible is necessary for our spiritual growth. Let's quickly turn to in our Bibles to 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. And I'll read it to you like this. We're a little short on time. I'll read it to you like this. It says, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the man of God, you can also put woman of God, so that the man, woman of God, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's why reading the Bible is so important. The Bible says it equips you. It gives you the tools, the resources to live this out. So none of this, well, he made me do it. None of this, well, I don't know how to do it. That's why we're saying to you right now, as simple as it is, read the Bible, study the Bible. Another aspect about studying the Bible is this. Studying the Bible keeps us spiritually strong. Ever wonder why someone who's in the word, you, I just find someone who's so like in the word, addicted to the word, like they're always like quoting scriptures. They always seem to have like a positive edge. They always seem to see the, the best in people. They always seem to, to praise God or give an amen whenever you tell them, man, this, this happened for me. It was a good thing. Oh, amen. It keeps you spiritually strong. And some of you guys, you have to understand that studying the word is not just reading of the Bible. So these are some of the things that the Bible says that happens. You grow in the knowledge of who God is. Strong. So when the devil comes around, you can't be pimped. Amen. You're more like a Navy SEAL rather than someone like just a normal soldier, like a little Lance Corporal, whatever. I want to be a Navy SEAL, y'all. I want to be the person that goes in there and talking about, clack, clack. Mr. President, it's done. Just look, guys, they have a picture, and it shows that they were, the president and everybody were watching that live feed. As, as, the, as the Navy SEALs were going in, the president and all these top justice, people who were in the military, the, high, the generals, they were watching live feed. And you know what gave it away? I just quick, yeah, a little sidetrack. Um, 
they were going in there, and when they broke in, the woman saw the, the, the seals first. So she cried out, Osama, she said his name, so gave it away. Because when they stormed in, they had no idea they were coming. Lady got spooked, she called him by his name. Okay, now we know we got him for sure. And they just waited for DNA testing, but we got him. So I want to be that Navy SEAL that goes in there. Send me in, God. Come on. Studying the Bible makes, makes Scripture a central part of our lives. You guys are going to start figuring out that when you read the Word, God's going to speak back to you. This book right here is not just, it's just a book, but God speaks to your heart. Like, there's some things in life, man, I just, I need, I need someone to speak to me. Like, you always go, it's the funny thing. Funny, Christians always go to people that are not saved to be encouraged. And hear me out on this. Whenever something in our life happens, we always try to go to our friend that does not read the word, that does not study God to get a good word. Does that make sense? And what ends up happening, we take their advice, we find out that things get worse. Or it might be a quick fix, but really deep down inside, you're just going with it because you just take anything because you're so desperate. Studying the Bible makes scripture a central part of our lives. Get in it. Make it seem like one of these things where I need God in my life. Because if I don't have him, I don't know what to do. Being a disciple. Studying the Bible helps us apply the truth to our lives. You see how men and women, men and women apply the word of God. They, they apply it and it's like, how, how do they do it? Because you're not the only one. I'm not the only one that's doing this. I had Pastor Joe come before me and, and teach and, and show me, being a disciple, that's what it takes. Studying the Bible helps us apply the truth to our life. I like this. Whenever we, we talk about healing, and this is a touchy, touchy um, a subject in the church, uh, whenever we say, man, you're healed by Jesus' stripes. Now, let me tell you something. When we pray and it doesn't happen, does that mean God is a liar? You have to ask yourself these questions. Can we make sure that the door is covered, please? I got a phone call, the door downstairs. Um, you have to ask yourselves these questions. What's happening? We're praying for healing. The Bible says it. We know that God is true. But when we say something like this, we're saying, hey, 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 hold on a second. It helps us apply the, the truth to our lives. You have to understand. There may be a fact that you're maybe living with, that something may be happening in your life. For example, there may be a fact that, yeah, you're, you're sick. Yeah, you have these problems. Yeah, so and such happened to you, and now this is the result of it. That may be a fact. And we're not spiritual cuckoos. We're like, oh, that's not true. I don't believe it's true. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a fact. It's real. But I know there's a truth that I hold on to in the word of God. There's a truth greater than that fact. The Bible says that I am healed. I don't have to be like this. Amen? Come on, receive that in Jesus' name. Number two, pray. Pray, 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 pray. Look to your neighbor and say, Pray. Just like that, look to your and say, pray. Get swag master lieutenant up in this place. Come on, get you say, pray. <laughs> Prayer was modeled to us by Christ. Why do we pray? Jesus prayed. Anybody know the our Father? Our Father art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Hallelujah. Amen. You know how they do it? Guys, here's the thing. Jesus prayed. He, he didn't say be religious and keep on praying that prayer the whole entire time. What he did say, he said, you know what? I'm giving you an example. When you pray, these are some of the things you keep in mind. Amen. Prayer was modeled to us by Christ. Prayer is not a solitary experience. God has given us his Holy Spirit to aid us in prayer 
even when we do not know what to pray. I love this about God and my relationship with the Lord, and you guys can have it too. It's not just because I'm a pastor. Open up your Bibles. I want to teach you this awesome word, Romans 8, 26 to 27. Romans 8, 26 through 27. I'm about to blow your minds right now with this right here. Romans 8, 26 through 27. It says this, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what to pray for. But the Spirit himself, watch this, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Hmm, I wonder what that is. 27, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. That is so awesome. Today in our class for one-on-one, we would have gone over the praying and speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's very controversial, too. But the Bible says it right here. When you don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays on your behalf with groans. Watch this. I'll read that again. But but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. I'm talking about when, when you're praying, you just don't have the words. And I just let it go. I just start speaking in tongues. I just say, God, do this. Just and God knows what I'm praying for. God knows what's happening. It's my prayer language unto God. It doesn't have to make sense to me. The Bible says you know not what you pray for because you're praying in tongues. It's not your language. It's a gift from God. It's a, le- a heavenly language. Everybody's trying to understand, what does this mean? Let me tell you what. When you get to heaven and you see God in all his glory, that's just going to confuse you and just amaze you. Like, oh, my gosh. You know what a seraphim is? The Bible says right now God is on a throne and there are seraphims with six wings, two that are flying, two that are covering their face, two that are covering their feet. And they're crying out and they're flying around God. They're saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You don't think that will mess you up when you see one of those things? Oh, my gosh. And we try to make sense. Well, you can't do this. You can't do that. God doesn't work on your limitations, guys. But understand this. Prayer is not a solitary experience. I know that when I pray... I'm engaging with the Holy Spirit inside of me. That is so awesome to think that God, he here, and he's with you, and he's engaging. When you know not to pray, he's like, let me help you with this. Number three, prayer enables us to seek forgiveness. Prayer. Some of the worst things that we can do is keep in bitterness, keep in things that, you know, people have done this to us, well, I'm not going to forgive them. Prayer helps you get forgiveness. Because in that same token, you would not be saved if you didn't receive the forgiveness of God. Christ forgave us, amen? Watch, look at that. As much as we receive forgiveness, we're also be able to get forgiveness. That's so awesome. Prayer helps us overcome worry. I know that in my times, are just like, what is going on? What is going on? I, I, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, uh, you, you kind of worry, like, oh, my gosh, this happened. Not that prayers are going to be like, oh, I feel bad. But prayer helps you. God helps you through those times, the Bible says. Prayer in- increases our spiritual knowledge and maturity. You guys want to grow? Pray. Talk to God. You'll find out this. When you start talking to people, you'll notice that you'll, 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 you'll start acting like them. You'll start talking like them. Like I know that you guys never grew up and always said, what up? You probably heard somebody say, what up first? You probably heard someone say, bang. That's right, see? Well, you probably heard someone say, man, you got swag. You never said swag in your life before. Where'd you get it from? When you start hanging with people, the more you hang with them, the more you start looking like them, 
the more you start talking like them. I remember there was a point in my life where I was hanging out with these people, ghetto people. They get your pig all the time. And I remember I answered my mom like that one time. Go clean your room. Get your pig. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, Lord, help me. Excuse me. Oh, man, I'm troubled. See? How about this? When you start praying to God, when you start talking to God, you're going to start reflecting that, huh? How about that? Some of you guys are ghetto. We tell who you hang out with. Ghetto. Prayer increases our spiritual knowledge and maturity. Mature, grow up in the things of God. Amen? Praise God. And just a side note, if you guys want to go crazy for God, I'm, I'm dead serious. You can, you can feel God. It's just his presence, his spirit. You're more aware. You're just like everything is cut off fasting. Oh, I'm, I'm going to give up TV. No. When you fast a meal, when you fast food, and you cry out to God. It's just everything inside of you. Like you're more spiritually in tune. You're more spiritually in check. Like you understand like, whoa. Like, man, it's easy for you to get in contact with. It's just like, because you're giving up something. You're giving up something. Saying, God, I'm giving you this time where I will normally just take in for myself. And I'm going and I'm giving to you. Such an awesome thing. Can we please answer this, please? Can we, can we pass this thing? Give it to Ellie, please. I'm sorry. Papito, look at him. Give it up for Papito. Give it up for Papito. Give it up. Hallelujah. Please call him back and, and get that situated, please. No, Ellie. I want Ellie to do it, please. Thank you. Get it done right in Jesus' name. Come on. Number three, obey God. Here it is. Obey God. Guys, you, you want to live for God? Anybody, by show of hands, you want to live for God? <laughs> yeah. I want to live for God, too. But you got to obey God. You got to obey God. Recognize that you are a new creation. There it is right there. Recognize you are a new creation. You're not the same. Understand that when you come up here for prayer, something happens up here when these times of worship and when you go to God that you're not the same. When you fall to your knees and say, God, fill me up. God, here I am. Lord, put your spirit in me. And you cry out. You say, you are good. And your love endures forever. You have to believe that something happens. No one's going to believe it for you. That, there it is. can keep on. And you don't believe it yourself. You're not receiving anything. You don't have faith. Build it up in this place. You are a new creation. Follow God wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. Like I'm in this to win it. I'm not just halfway. And you can tell people who do things halfway, you just don't want to be around them because they're not committed. Like if you're in a team and somebody doesn't want to show up to practice because they're a hot dog or, or they think they're better than that or they, they, they just don't want to do it, you don't want to be around them. Like you just like, Stop. And how much more does God see our attitude? And when we say, oh, well, I'm going to do this song, just like this, or just like this, and just like this, do you think the Spirit of the Lord is just with that? He's just like, what are you doing? It's his way or the highway. Frank Sinatra, I think it was Frank Sinatra, some rock band, they, they brought a song, and it was such profound lyrics. They said, the song was just, I, I wish I could, I'll get it for you next week. But it ended like this, and when I sing it, you guys will know it. I did it my way. Frank Sinatra, let me tell you what. If you got follow Frank Sinatra and do it your way, you'll follow the same way, same path to hell. It's not your way. As much as it is, oh, I want to do this, it's God's way. And that's why when we say follow him wholeheartedly, it's like I'm not giving you anything but my everything. Come on, somebody. 
Offer God more than lip service. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep on, come on. I wish that everybody that professed, watch this. I wish that everybody that professed they were saved, they were a Christian, would act like it. Oh. I wish that everybody who said they were living for God would, would actually live for God. I wish that everybody who says they pray would really pray. See, God is not impressed by lip service. I love that about my guy. He's not impressed by lip service. Why do we worship? Because you're worshiping God, that's you give him your time. But in in the sense of living your life, oh, I love God, but you're doing this, you're doing that. Give God more than lip service. When he, watch this. When he told you he loved you, he came down from heaven. From heaven where the angels were worshiping him. Came down from heaven, died on the cross. And to this day, they're saying that is the most gruesome, most painful way to go out. They say even now with technology and the things that we have and we can do, it's like that is the most horrific way to die. He proved it to you. It was more than lip service. Live in God's love. Live in God's love. I, this, how, do you, oh, how do I live in God's love? Think about that. I'm, I'm telling you, watch this. When I tell you something, just ask yourself. When, here's one thing. You guys will grow and learn fast if you ask questions. That's just whether in church, whether in life, ask questions. The greatest advice someone told me, ask questions and read. Really? Ask questions and read. When I say something to you like, live in God's love, what does that mean? How do you live in God's love? Any takers? No? Here's, why, here's one way. You stay connected with God. You read your word. You pray. That's all a part of obeying God. Remain connected. Live in God's love. Just that relationship. Just, just have it. Put on God's armor. Next week, Ellie's going to preach to you about the armor of God. But here it is, guys. You have a spiritual armor. God's not sending you out there like one of these soldiers and just go out there and take out bin Laden. And knowing that, they said that bin Laden was ready to move on a moment's notice. He had hundreds of thousands of euros of money sewn into his clothes so he could just get up and bounce and just leave. He probably would have headed out somewhere into Europe or something like that. Ready to go. And these soldiers, these Marines, these Navy SEALs, our, our government wasn't sending them out there, just go with a gun, take them out. No, they prepared them. They gave them the training. They said, for a Navy SEAL, you have to have at least two years of training. And then you might drop out, you might make it. For the guys that went out and took Osama out, they had more than six years of field experience. Some bad boys. So in the same way, put on your armor. Be familiar with the Bible says that God gives you. Look at this. God is giving you weapons. God is giving you protection to, to say, hey, devil, get off. Get off me. Like that one friend who always likes to hug you. Just, dude, stop hugging me, dude. And next time he comes around, like you have that mace. We're not going to do that to our friends. But just an example. I think that was a little too far-fetched. We'll keep on going. Okay. Let God occupy your thoughts. Let God occupy your thoughts. Colossians 3, 1 through 4, we don't have time to read it all, but I'll put it at this. The devil, he doesn't come and attack you, just he doesn't make you do things. The Bible says he can't do that, neither can God. 
That's awesome. He, God can't force you. Look to your neighbor and say, God can't force you. Look to your neighbor and say, God, the devil can't force you. Nope, no, not one of them can. But watch this. Let God occupy your thoughts. It's a battle of your thought. Before you do anything that's wrong, the thought comes first, right? Like, I should probably call him this. Or I'm going to do this. Or when nobody's looking and I'm by myself, I'm going to do this. Or because I'm mad, I'm going I'm to do this. Premeditated. But how about this? We let God occupy our thoughts. And it's not that fight. We got the good angel and the, and the devil right here when they're fighting. And they're telling you one thing. It's like, oh, what should I do? Really? Oh, you should do this. Oh, really? Let's know. God is on my mind. I got God on my mind so you won't see me bopping it. There's this one pole. She slammed it. She did well. Let God occupy your thoughts. And so many times right now, if the moment at your weakest, watch this, the moment at your weakest, the moment where you're most vulnerable, the, the nastiest, most disgusting thing you've ever done, the most sickest, most evil thing you've done or thought of, and letting God occupy. Just quickly, God, no. I'll tell you what. I'll be open and honest with you. The thought of lust comes even to your pastor. But here it is. You fight it off here so that the temptation is not physical. I'm telling you, you think the devil doesn't want to attack us, and, and you think, oh, they, they never fight off. Like when you be a pastor, you know, he, he puts lust in front of us. He puts anger in front of us. He puts pride in front of us. It's a thought. Quickly, think, no, take it off God. Let God occupy your thoughts. And just like, nope, that is not of God. Amen? Resist temptation in keeping with it. Number four, resist temptation. Realize who is tempting you. You just got to put, you, okay, is this, is this a God thing? And some of you guys need to be honest and true, and so many of you just, you guys skip this. And if, and if you guys, I'm going to challenge you. If you guys were thinking about it, man, is this a God thing right now? Is what this is about, what they're going to do, my friends are talking about, is that a God thing? Realize who is tempting you. Resist the devil. Resist the devil. I'm going to read this in James 4. 7 through 8, I'm going to get there really quickly for you guys. James 4, verses 7 through 8, it says this. It says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The Bible says that when you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Man, I can, I can keep you here, but just some personal attacks. And just I've had with, with the devil and just the fights, but I don't want to keep you in a long, drawn-out story. But let me tell you what. Devil, he, he comes in many shapes and many, many forms. And sometimes it's, he catches you on, off guard. Resist the devil. Resist him. You got to. No one's going to make you. I can't, I can't follow you everywhere and be like, no, no, no. Don't. Imagine if I were to follow you in school, like you're about to like cuss or get in a fight. <laughs> Be so awkward. And you guys, I'm not going to do that. But at the same time, you, God has given you his spirit to resist the devil. Just resist. It's not even a fight. Like, you gotta, you're, like you're wrestling with the devil. The Bible says resist him, he'll flee from you. Come on, get that inside of you. Rejoice because victory is, is yours in Jesus Christ. 
I love that at the end of the day, it's not even a fight. Just remind the devil that you know the end of the book and he's defeated. Amen. Praise God. He's defeated. No, this, this is so hard and in my times in counseling and just the many examples and stories that I've, I've talked with people, it, it just seems like it's so hard. Oh, I, it's just, I can't do it. It's, you, you don't understand. It's not that easy. I'm not you. You had your story, but this is not your story. This is my story, and it's really, really hard. You just don't know. And I'm thinking, oh, no, she didn't. Oh, no, he didn't, right? They can go both ways. The victory is yours. Come on. See God's will unconditionally. I love that word. I'm going to get you guys very familiar with that word. Unconditionally surrender your life. You know what the word unconditionally means? That means without even thinking that you, you, you can go back on your word. That means without thinking, just like, don't even think about it. Just do it. Like Nike. Just do it. Unconditionally. Nothing holding you back. Like, this is it. The Bible says there's a story of a man and his son. And he loved his son so much. As a matter of fact, that was his only son. And he, he, was, uh, he was old. And there was no way in the first place he could have had that son. And he grew up. And, and it was his promise. God gave him a promise to saying, you're going to have a family one day. And he was getting old. And he was starting to doubt God. But then and when he was 100, and that's like impossible to have a kid. And his wife was 90. They have a son. They named him Isaac, and, and it was he growing up, he was the promise of what God told him what would happen. It really happened. And then one day, God comes to him and says, I want you to go up to this mountain, and I want you to take your son, and I want you to offer him as a living sacrifice to me and worship me on the mountain. So kill your son and have a good time worshiping me. Get behind me, Satan. That's the first thing that comes to mind. You see... Abraham, he knew the voice of God. When God came to speak to him, just like the other times, he knew that that is not the devil. That is God. And if God said, I'm doing it. How crazy does that sound? Unconditional. He made up in his mind, God, if you gave me this son, if you made your word, you said a promise, I believe you can do it. I'm not going to hold back now just because I have a son. You gave me this son. You can take him from me. You can give him back to me. I trust in you. The Bible says he took his son. Took him up to the mountain. And I can think right now you're the son. You're just like, okay, what's going on? That's like, we're going we're gonna to have a burnt offering unto the Lord. We're going to sacrifice unto the Lord. And that's what, that's what they were saying, the dialogue, as they're coming up the mountain. And then the son is like, okay, cool. We're going to go worship God. And as they're getting halfway up, they're just starting to see the top of the mountain. You can, the son's starting to think around, man, if we're going to offer something, I was like a sacrifice, where is it? Like they usually offer like um, goats and rams and sheep and as, as a sign of like a worship. God, I'm giving this offering to you. It was something that was prized, valuable at that time. They didn't have like Benjamins and, and, and dollars and things like that. They had possession, that which gave them their wealth. And so that was a sign of like, man, I'm giving you something. I'm worshiping it to you. So here's the thing. They're coming up the mountain, and, and, and Isaac's starting to start thinking, like, wait a minute. Hold on one second. There ain't no go. Ain't no ram over here. What's going on? Hey, Dad, are you sure we're supposed to go? Don't worry, son. God's got our back. He's good. We're going to go do it. Abraham followed all the way up to killing his son. The Bible says he bound his son, placed him on top of the altar. He rose his hand up to, as to strike his son. But then an angel called out, Abraham, Abraham. Now the Lord sees. Now we know that you truly serve him. 
and respect and honor the Lord. Here's a ram. God made a way. God provided. He did not kill his son. But just how Abraham said, I will follow God. I mean, you got to be at your wits end to even go that far. But young people, let me tell you what. It can sometimes even feel like that when you go back to school and you want to be different, you know what God is doing in your life. You, you don't want to talk the same. You don't want to laugh at the same jokes that don't please God. And when they take God's name in vain, you don't want to take that lightly. It's just like unconditionally. Take a stand. That's what that means. Realize that God has a plan for your life. That is so true. Seeking God's will, you have to understand, he has a plan for you. And what you see and what you're trying to fight for is not really nothing at all because it's what you made. So many times when my relationship with my ex-girlfriend, I, I thought that, you know, man, I knew I wasn't right in that relationship. Every time I was around, a temptation was coming up, and I, and I knew I could not live for God. It was hard, and I just had to be real. And I thought, man, she was the best thing. I'm going to marry this girl. Like, I gave my virginity to this girl. I have to. We're just going to work things out. God has something better. And it wasn't until I realized that I said, God, man, I made a mistake. God, I'm just going to give you my life. But I started to realize that he started playing things out for me and making a way. Act upon what God has already revealed in Scripture. God has a will for your life. And you don't have to sit back and, well, I don't know. God hasn't shown me. No. Act upon what you already know in scriptures to be true. Study the Bible, pray, seek God. These are all things you can start doing now as you go further, like, God, I should do this. I should be this in careers and things like that as you offer that up in prayer and to the Lord. Trust God completely. Ask God for guidance and listen for God's voice. I want to go back to that thing. Trust God completely. In closing, would you stand for me? And if you can do me a favor and find a, find the... Um, the YouTube video, uh, Kim Walker, Spontaneous Song, number one. And in closing, guys, we're just going to have this time at, at the altar. Trusting God. It's not that we don't believe God is real. It's not that we don't believe he works for our good. The Bible says that we know that. I think the problem in uh, what all lies on me in closing, guys, we're almost there. I got this little surprise for you. Guys, just keep in. I think... The problem lies in us trusting God. We just don't trust. I don't know, I don't know what it is if in life someone lets you down. I, I don't know what it is, but God, God doesn't work like that. He doesn't work like how people work in your life. And sometimes the people in our life that we look up to, that we trust, do things to hurt us. And when we find out there's a loving God, a loving God who cares for us, and we kind of give God that same characteristic of that person that we thought we could trust. And so we don't trust God as much. We don't give him everything. There's a trust problem in this place. Basic training. You can play it for me, please. Come on. You can turn off the lights for me. Just in an attitude of prayer, you guys can just close your eyes. And bow your heads right now. The last point I had in this, in, this, in this sermon was giving to God. And that's, that's both, you know, um, spiritually, emotionally, physically, and, and, and financially. And guys, we know that the Bible commands that tithe is, is great. Uh, the, the offering, it's, it's important. We need to give this unto the Lord. 
But I want to go back into that point, trusting God completely. Now, there's not going to be any leaders up here praying for you guys. This is what I want you guys to do. When I release you, I, I want you to find a place at this altar, find a place in this sanctuary, and I want you to pray, and we're going to work on this trust issue. Whether it's the trust issue, whether you need to work on studying your, your Bible, whether you need to work on prayer, whether you need to work on just obeying God, whether you need to work on resisting temptation, or just finding God's will for your life, or giving to God, any one of those things that we talked about, when I dismissed you, this is what I want you to do. An attitude of prayer, just listen to me. I want you to talk to God. Yes, we're going to talk to God in this place. And you guys, from your heart, say, man, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I struggle with. This is what's stopping me from really giving you all my, my all. So right now, on the count of three, when I, when I release you guys, find a place and just start praying. And when this song is done, I want you guys to come up to the front. We're just going to end in prayer and just close, and we have some awesome things. But right now, guys, get everything you can from prayer. On the count of three, find a place in this room, and I want you to cry out to God. You talk to God. One, two, three. Find a place. Go. Find a place. Talk to God. Come on, make it personal. Come on. Come on, make it personal in this place. Come on, just a couple more moments more be real before God be honest before God he loves you he cares for you